Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Man, good morning, Avenue Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Let me get into the, the, the rotisserie lights. And uh, man, we're excited you're here. If you're a first-time guest, man, we just want to welcome you again. And man, we're, we're just pumped that you took time out of your weekend to come and join us to be with us today. And uh, something really special to us is that next week is Mother's Day. And so if you got a mama, bring your mama to Avenue Church as well. So we got something uh, special for every mom that's in the house. Raise your hand if you're a mom in this place. Raise your hand if you're a grandma. Raise your hand if you're a godmother, all right? You're like, I got no kids, but I just play with them and bring them back, right? You got a godmother as well. So we have a great experience for mothers next week. And then whatever the ladies do, men, all right, fathers, we're going to up them, all right? We're going to one-up them in June as well, all right? It's going to be due day. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to shoot things and kill things. It's going to be Father's Day, all right? It's going to be Man Day at Avenue Church. After this worship experience, we have Grilled Track Step 1 today, which we're excited for. And so I encourage you, if you've been to Step 3 or Step 2 or Step 4, but you haven't done Step 1, come and join us. It is a, just an amazing time of knowing God and talking through that in, within one hour. My wife and I tank team teach it, and we have a great time. So I encourage you, it's right after this experience. It's in the lobby as well, so you could just sign in and jump in. We have refreshments, coffee, more coffee. We love coffee here at Avenue Church, and so we're going to give you lots and lots of coffee as well. And so also, we have child care available as well. So I know you love your kids, but how about another hour without your children, amen? And so we have free child care as well. Uh, we got something kind of special. This is not planned or uh, anything like that, but we have some church planters in the house, and you know, for me, really, it's, uh, it, it, it's the church planter anointing. So when another church planter comes and visits a church planter, things go wrong. It's just the way it is, all right? It is our way of encouraging you. So about, really quick, I want to call up Tim and Bethany, and I know Jude's in the, in the uh, come on up, Tim and Bethany. I want you guys to come up real quick as well. And I know you're a shy guy, but come on up here. I know, jump up here as well. But Tim, he is, they're planting this, are you planting this fall? Next fall. Next fall, right? So he's planting next fall called Viva Church. As well, they got a little guy, Jude, and they also have a team that's here with them as well. And uh, Tim and I, we've connected over and over, but man, I just want to pray for him and pray for just this year and as well as next year for favor, favor in finances, favor with the team being built, uh, area, what part of town to be planted. How many know we need more churches in Vegas? And so that's what we want to do. And so uh, will you guys stretch your hand out, and let's just pray over Tim and Bethany, because they're about to embark on an amazing journey. Uh, not only is it a, a tough journey, but we're going to pray that the pave gets cleared. It gets, it gets, it, it's easy, it's not bumpy, it's going to be amazing. So Father, I thank you for Tim and Bethany today, Father. That God, I pray in Jesus' name that you begin to anoint the ground that they walk on, Father. That God, I thank you, says your word is a light to our path. So Father, I pray you begin to open up amazing opportunities, Father. Location, area, uh, building, the right team, people to join them from where they're at as they embark on a move to Las Vegas, Father. So God, I just pray uh, uh, for their marriage, for their family, that this is going to be an amazing time. That Father, we hear it's going to be tough, it's going to be all those things. But Father, I pray it's going to be easy in Jesus' name, Father. God, I pray you begin to pave that path, and this is going to be an amazing church. Father, we pray for Viva 
church that's coming to Las Vegas, Father. I pray that they're going to reach more. Father, I pray for a harvest. It's plentiful, but the workers are few. So, Father, I pray you begin to bring the harvest, Father. I pray you begin to bring a team around Tim and Bethany, Father. That God, I pray favor over Jesus, over their plant, over Tim and Bethany. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. See, I told you, church planter anointing, huh? But also, we want to sow into your church as well. And I know it's next year, but we love you guys, all right? So give them up for Tim and for Bethany as well. I love you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> as well. So look them up. They're on Facebook, Viva Church. And uh, I've been stalking them as well. So I got you, all right? So we're in a series called Jesus Stories. And today is the last one. Look at your neighbor and go, oh, man, the last one. And you can also catch up on our podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and uh, really catch up on what we've been discussing. But we've been doing Jesus stories. And Jesus stories is about the stories that Jesus told, whether they're called parables or the life of Jesus. And although we can literally do this series for the entire year, we're preparing to go into another series called This is Living Now in the book of James uh, after Mother's Day. But I want to encourage you to begin to go through the Gospels. Go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I got it, huh? And I want you to read the stories of Jesus, the parables that he told. When we did the, uh, the Gospel Challenge, I had so many questions, and I love this, so many questions to my Facebook messenger, text message, email, saying, Jesus said this, what did it mean? That's one of the best things that you can do is to say, you know what, I don't know what it means, but let's find out. Let's find out what it really means means in the gospel. So today we're going to go to uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 25. And so if you have your Bibles with you, crank them open. If you don't, we got uh, the YouVersion app on your iPhones. I'm just going to stop right there. Android, I don't know what you got to do to get that, but it's in there, right? Google Play. Uh, also, we have it on the screens behind us. And be praying for our screens. Screens, be still, all right? So we're going to be talking about Jesus today. And here's Jesus in Matthew chapter 28. And he's, he's teaching his disciples and he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. He's going further. He's saying this is what's to come. And this is how he opens up. He says, for the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. One servant he gave Five talents, say five. Oh, that was nice. That was cute. That was like church. That was nice, all right? Let's try that again. Say five. five. All right, that's Avenue Church. So five talents, another two, and another one. To each according to his ability. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. So here's the master, the man of the house. He says, here, I'm going to give you talents. Five, two, and one. Here's my property. Here's my talent. Here's my money. And then he took off. So here's the next verse. He who had received the five talents went at once. He went at once. He traded with them. And he made five talents more. How many know people like that? All right. They're just every- he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and he dug in the ground and he hid his master's money. He hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled the accounts with them. And he, he who had received the five came forward, and he said, I have five more that I gave five talents to you. And the master said, you did good 
Well done, good and faithful servant. If you've read your Bible, you've seen that elsewhere. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. You've been faithful with a little, but I'm going to give you so much more. Enter into the joy of your master. Here's the guy with two. So the two talents came forward. So master, you gave me two. Boom, I'm going to give you two more. That's a total of four talents. And the master said, good job, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. But the man with the one talent came and he said this. He said, master, I knew you to be a hard man. You're a tough guy. Reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. Notice the master gave him a talent and went away. When he came back, he said, I know you're a tough guy. I buried it. Let me dig it up. I'm going to give it to you. And he says, you wicked and slothful servant. You wicked servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers at my coming. I should have at least received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. The Father, I pray that in this parable, in this story, that God, I pray, help us to have an understanding of what you're trying to communicate. The Father, I know it's 2017, Father, but I, God, I pray you use this, this old story of what Jesus told, this historical story. The Father, I pray that in this parable, we have an understanding of how it can apply to our lives today. The Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Real quick, Adam, if you're here or one of the ushers, can you get, and I even said this today, I said, can you get my pot? And they kind of looked at me and I said, a ceramic pot, all right? So if you guys can get my pot out here real quick. But uh, so today, if you saw the countdown video, there's a man named Kervin on that video. Let me enjoy our um, video introduction of Kervin. And, uh, and Kervin's been a, just a great friend of mine. And about 10 years ago, we met, and when Kervin and I met, he always had this pre-routine for his concerts. And so he told me, hey, we got to go to the, we gotta go to the pharmacy, and in the pharmacy, we got to get these, like, nasty cough drop syrups, uh, cough drops, they're uh, sugar-free, whatnot. He pops those in to get his voice as well. And so, will you guys give it up for Adam real quick this morning? Thank you, Adam. That's perfect right there. As well, but also, Kervin said, "I always drink these new things that just came out about ten years ago. These new things that came out called Five Hour Energy." And I was like, "For real?" You know what I mean? And he's like my rapper friend; like he's cooler than I am. So I was like, "For real? All right." And he goes, yeah, yeah, they just came out, and he goes, "I'll drink that, baby. I'm good for the entire concert. It's awesome." I said, "Really?" So we went to the gas station, picked them up, and there was black ones. There was a red one, and then there was black ones. And so I said. Bro, let's drink the black ones, you know. And he was like, no, man, I just drink the red ones. I said, okay, all right, little girl, you know, you drink the, the little red one. I will drink the black ones. And they're tiny. You know, if you've seen Five Hour Energy, they're little. So I popped that thing open. I drank the whole thing. I'm going, that tastes weird. It's not very potent. It's not very powerful. It's not, you know, it's pretty easy. 
By the time we got to the church for his concert, I was like a, like a Pentecostal preacher. I was like, how you guys doing? You guys doing good? All right. Hey, you want me to go get something? I was on fire. And we read the thing, and you're only supposed to drink half of that five-hour energy extreme is what it was called. And so he's like, bro, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. You want to go do something? You want to go run? You want to go somewhere? And I was on fire. I say that because something so small, I underestimated that little bottle. As I begin to think about today's message, about the parable of the talents, really begin to think about us as a church, that sometimes as the individual, when we come into these doors, when we go to work on Monday, when we try to parent, or when we try to have friendships and relationships, when we think about what God has in store for us, that many times we underestimate ourselves. That sometimes we think, I'm just little in the eyes of God, that I have no, no value, uh, no contribution, but I'm here to tell you that God has a plan for your life, but God has entrusted you. He has given you something that is powerful, that is amazing, that's going to, make, that's going to affect something that is greater than you. It's going to, you. God's going to use you to make an impact in this kingdom. Amen? And so a lot of times we underestimate us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship. God's been working on us. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I'm going to help you today. How can we walk in what God created us to be? Now, how can we walk on Monday morning when we go into our job? How can we be used by God? Now, here in the parable, Jesus decided to use a talent. Now, many of us, when we hear talents, we think, I'm a talented individual, I'm a talented person. But here in the story, talent was actually a currency. And so in this currency, even in the message version, it would say not five talents, but it would, be, it would say $5,000. But I begin to notice there's a different perspective on the story that as I preached this before, that I never really focused on, that though it was a currency, Jesus entrusted them with a gift. With the gift. It said the master would, went on a journey. That's Jesus. I'm going to go to heaven for some time. And when I come back, you're going to take account of what you did with what I gave you. With what you did with what I gave you. And so point number one this morning, that God made a talent just for you. Just for you. God has equipped you. He has gifted you with something. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says there are many different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are many different kinds of service, but we serve the same God. God works in different ways, thankfully, but it's the same God who does a work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given of us so that we can help one another. I'm here to encourage you, don't hoard your gift. Don't hide your gift. Don't keep your gift. It's like you and your gift are a clique, all right? We're cool together, all right? But the Bible says, let's help one another. Let's make an impact here at Avenue Church. Let's make an impact at Viva Church. Let's make an impact in our city. God has given you a gift. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 says, This is why it says, when Jesus ascended on high, the master's going on a journey, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. God has given you a gift, whether it's five gifts or whether it's 
two gifts or whether it's one gift. That the same is true to us. That none of us are simply empty-handed. Now, a lot of times as a pastor, I can't turn it off, but when I see people, I begin to see gifts inside of you. That not only do I want you to receive the gift of salvation, which is free, but I see giftings inside of every single individual. I even remember 10 years ago when uh, dancing started to get popular and uh, like hip-hop dancing and things like that. And the church world was going, no, we're not going to do that. That's, uh-uh, that's like, that's like heathen stuff, all right? You're moving your hips? No! But then what happened was the church began to embrace and say, how can we take something that is worldly and how can we make it godly? Even if I go back even longer, electric guitars in the church. Oh, my goodness. No, organ, piano only. Sometimes I wish I had one, right? God said, you know. But there are gifts that God has placed inside of you that I believe he wants you to start a revolution inside the church. He has placed gifts and talents inside of you. But also there's people that are gifted with some things I'm really jealous of. Like gifted with a fast metabolism. We love you. Praise the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. But don't eat in front of me. I will... I'm like, I'm trying to lose weight. And they're like, three hamburgers in. Oh, yeah, really? How about people with, uh, like, musicians? I love to see musicians, that, you know, up here in the band. We got guitar, bass, and whatnot. But I believe there's people in this audience. There's people at Avenue Church that God has gifted you with an instrument. You, you show up on Sunday morning, go praise the Lord, and you go home, and you just let it rip at home. I want to ask you to take your talent to this stage. Maybe singers. I, I, you know what, as a deaf person, I secretly kind of hate all the singers up here. They just belt it, and they just whip it up. They just go, your name, and they just, yeah, it's amazing, right? But I'm not talking about a, not a desire, I'm talking about a gift. There's a reason why you go on The Voice and no chairs turn around, all right? There's a gift that's been placed inside of you. I've seen a lot of people that have the gift of charisma, that any time they go into a room, the room lights up. Any time they go into their workplace, if everyone's down, the homie with charisma walks in, and everybody, uh, their spirits get uplifted. Why? Because it is a gift. You can't buy this gift. It is given to you by God. But God has given you many different gifts. So really, uh, three things, if you're taking notes today. What is my gift? Number one, I want to ask three questions for you. This is quick. I want you to ask yourself today, what do I enjoy? What do I enjoy? For so often in the church world, we think God's going to gift you with something you hate doing. I hate this, but God's going to make me do it. That's not true. Yet God has gifted you with the gift that you're going to kill it. You're going to work it. You're going to own it. What do I enjoy doing? Number two, what do I do well? What do I do well? Hey, I'm really good at interpretive dance, but I don't do it well, all right? But what do I do well, and how does this gift serve others? How does this gift serve others? So what do you do well, what do you enjoy doing, and how can I serve others? That you are good at something, and if you, if you don't use it to advance the kingdom, advance the local body, advance the local church, I believe you're robbing God with the gifts that he has placed on the inside of you. 
But I want you to check this out. So there was five talents. Say five. That was close, all right? Say two, two talents. And there was one, uno, all right? The five talent guy came back to his master and said, Master, you're back. I took five. I traded it. I invested. It multiplied. I'm giving you ten. Here's ten. So five with five more is what? It's a hundred percent return. So the guy shows up with the two talents. He said, wow, that's, you're awesome. That's, you got ten? That's incredible. But notice the guy with the two talents didn't say, I, I only, I only you know, he got ten. I have two, and I multiplied it to two, and now I have four. Although four isn't the same amount as ten, it's still what? A hundred percent increase. A hundred percent return. Now I want you to he- hear this this morning that God has given you many gifts and many talents. Do not compare yourself to someone else and say they have something that is greater. They have something that's on the platform. They have something that's down in the lobby. They have something they do behind the scenes. It is not about whose gift is greater. It's about the return. It's about the return. It's not about the quantity. It's about the obedience. It's about the obedience. That there's a 100% return that I take an account for. That when I go to heaven, I say, God, you only gave me one talent. I'm going to try to do what I can to go to two talents. Many was trusted to me. A little bit was trusted to me. Maybe more will begin to be trusted to me. Because when I get to heaven, I have to take account for me, not for you, not for others, not for what he had or he said or she said but it's about the 100% return. I've come today to remind you, stop comparing and start working with what you got. Work that gift. Since you worked with what I gave you, I will bless you. Since you worked with what I gave you, I will bless you. I've seen people in the church take a step of faith and say, hey, uh, I got this gift. Even today, uh, you know, uh, even today someone came to me and said, hey, by the way, I love it when people tattle on someone else, right? like a spouse. Hey, by the way, you're in need of this area? So-and-so does that. Oh, really? Oh, really? Gets me pumped up. Why? Because you're hiding your gift. You need to take your gift. If you've got one talent, I need you to work that gift, baby. I need you to own that gift. I need you to walk in and say, hey, five-talent guy, how you doing? You're doing great, but I got one talent, and I am owning that talent. I am working that talent. Why? Because God gave me a gift. I'll settle down. I'll tell him now. Here we find this third person, and he had just one. I've really begun to think about that one talent guy. Have you ever felt like you only had just one talent? I know there's many in this room you feel like you have zero talent, but I'm here to tell you God has given you something in your life. God has given you a talent to invest in. God has given you a gift. But as I begin to think about that individual, can you imagine that how unappreciated he felt? Can you imagine even the peer pressure he felt with like this? Oh, wow, you get five? All right, I'm going to get like eight, at least eight. This guy over here gets two, okay. You know, I, I know he's a little strange, so he only has two. And then the master gives him just one. 
I can't imagine the thoughts that he was thinking of. That you're surrounded by two and five and you feel so out of place. But I want to remind you that if you've been faithful with just a little, God's going to give you so much more. Now I believe that if you're a one-talent person in this room, and many times I feel like I don't sing, I don't do instruments, all I do is communicate, all I do is preach, is that my one talent? But I believe as you begin to work that talent and you're faithful with just that one, that God will give you more. God is going to place you on a path on a journey to say, I'm going to get you ready. Because this is what it said. The master gave them gifts according to their ability. According to their ability. God will not over-gift you. God will not give you a gift that you cannot handle. i got to say that one more time, because you're thinking about a gift in your spirit and your heart right now. And you're going, there is no way I can do that. I'm here to tell you, the master, the father, God, he has gifted you with a gift that is to your ability. That God is going to grow you in that area. God is going to increase your capacity to serve. He's going to increase your capacity to have that gift. And the more I've seen people take that step and they use that gift, more gifts begin to show up in their lives. So use that gift accordingly. But here in verse 24 it says, He also who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. You kind of back this up a little bit. I would have been afraid just to say that to him, right? I was terrified. But here you are with the guts to tell me that. He said, you're a hard man. But I was afraid, and I hid my talent in the ground. I'm here to remind you this morning, fear will keep you from multiplying. Fear will keep you from multiplying. I've seen fear do two things. Number one, this morning, I've seen fear of failure in our lives. And I've seen people say, I, I got this gift, I got this area, or, or maybe I don't know what my gift is. That is why we have growth track. Step one is step two, it's find God. Uh, um, Excuse me, find God, know God, find freedom, but then you begin to discover your purpose. We're going to help you find your gift. There are people that have been through growth track, and we begin to help navigate their gift and use that gift to make a difference. But maybe you have this fear of failure and say, you know what, if I step out, it's not going to go well. If I step out, I'm going to fail. If I step out, I'll make a mistake. That faith pleases God not succeeding. Faith pleases God not succeeding. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So when you step out in your gift and you say, I'm terrified, I'm afraid, I'm going to fail, I don't know if this is going to work, but God, and you step out and you say, I'm going to take that step of faith. The Bible said it is pleasing to our Savior. It is pleasing to God. Hebrews eleven six 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You want to please him? Take a risk. You want to please him? Punch fear in the throat. You know, about three years ago, God spoke to us. And he said, I want you to plant a church. You know how terrifying that is? You know how exciting that is? We were afraid 
and excited, kind of bipolar, right? I'm terrified, but I'm pumped, right? <laughs> I remember I went to a church function, and uh, it was a big thing, a big fundraiser. And I walked in, and, and the news started coming out that we were going to leave our, 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 you know, this great church. And we were going to go on our own, resign, no salary, all that, and go plant a church. It was just me and my wife and Levi. We had three people on my launch team. We were killing it, all right? So I went to this church function, and word got out. And people were like, hey, man, you're planting a church? That's awesome. I was like, thank you, you know. We're excited and all that. You have a location? No, no location, you know, nothing. And one lady came up to me and she said, you're planting a church? I said, yeah. And she goes, excuse me, but why would you leave that big, comfortable church and go plant a church? And I went, yeah, why, why would I do that? Yeah, you know, she, uh, man, if I were you, I would stay there. I said, okay, and I went to the parking lot, like, well, should I do this? Should I be, is something wrong with me? But I knew that God had given us a vision and a dream, and I knew it wasn't about succeeding, but it's about taking that step of faith. That when you take a step of faith, God goes, come on, that's amazing, that's awesome. But then here's what God does. God says, take another step. Come on. That's amazing. That's awesome. And then God says, take another step. I believe that God never shows you the entire path or the entire journey because it'll freak us out. God says, take one step at a time. I have given you a gift. It is time to please me by your faith. Say, I'm sorry. Calm down. We're getting loud. We're getting crazy. Because though I have one talent, two or five, I'm going to work it. I'm going to step out in faith because it is pleasing to God. It is pleasing to him that when you step out, God shows off. When you step out in faith, God shows up. That I love those kind of God moments where people look at what God is doing and I love it when people point at me and go, there is no stinking way. And I said, amen, but God. Only God can do the impossible in your life. Which brings me to my second fear. Fear of failure, but also the fear of man. That I have seen this affect grown adults. I've seen this affect children. Power of peer pressure. The power of comparison. But the fear of man. What will people think if I step out? What will people say if I go in that direction? Now, have you noticed that the man with the five talents, he didn't care what anyone else thought? The man with two talents, it said immediately they stepped out and immediately they multiplied. But the man with one talent said, I knew you were a hard man, so I hid my gift. I hid my gift. I hid my gift. Proverbs 29, 25, it says, The fear of man lays a snare. The fear of man lays a trap. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So many people play it safe because they're afraid. So many people play it safe because we're afraid of what others will say. But the Bible says the fear of others, the fear of man is a trap. But trusting the Lord is a safe place. Yet when you trust God, if he calls you to it, he will keep you to it. 
If he gifted you according to your ability, he will help you. He will succeed you in Jesus' name. I think that's right, huh? He'll succeed you. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, for God has not given us, I want you to catch this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and of love and a sound mind. It always bothered me that these two words were together in the New King James Version. So for God not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, that the enemy will do whatever he can to inject fear into your mind. To say, you can't do it. You're not gifted to that ability. You're not good enough. But I'm placing fear and doubt into your mind. That the Bible says the master gave his slaves or his servants five talents, two talents, and one talent. Here's the difference between the five and the two. They did, they, although they were slaves, I want you to catch this. This is good. I think this is wonderful. Although they were slaves, they had the mind of the master. Although they were slaves or servants, they had the mind of Christ. That fear begins to inject your mind and begins to pollute your actions. That when you set your mind on the things of God, nothing can stop you because God is for you and he's not against you. You won't quit. You won't give up because God gave me a gift and I'm going to give him a 100% return in, his, in my life. Turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. I'm about to close, but here's Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 2. And this is the message version. It says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life, we talk about that a lot at Avenue Church. That God wants to take you from death to life with Christ. So you're serious about living this new life with Christ. Act like it. Act like it. I don't know who wrote the message version, but he's kind of grumpy, all right? Act like it. It says, pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. I want you to look up and be alert with what's going around. That is what's going on around Christ. That is where the action is. Begin to see things at his perspective. God has given you a gift. And it's no longer time to bury that gift. Did I notice that the slaves, they were able to enter into the joy of their master. That these slaves that were given five talents two talents in one talent. But the one talent guy, this is what he did. He had a gift, and he said, here's my one gift. But I know you to be a hard man. And because you're a hard man, I'm going to take my one gift, I'm going to bury it into the ground. I'm going to hide it away. But I want you to understand that the moment that he took his gift and he buried it, he buried it because of fear, because he said, I know you are a hard man, but because I was afraid, I took the gift and I buried it in the ground. I hid it. But I'm here to tell you this morning that when he buried his gift, he exposed his fear. When he buried his gift, he exposed his fear. 
So he said, I'm afraid because he's a hard man. So I buried my gift. You know what the other two did? They took their fear because I'm here to tell you something. Winners do things although they're afraid. That we, we planted this church, we were terrified, but we still did it. That fear, the God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. But that spirit of fear is always knocking at your door. The spirit of fear is always trying to inject in your mind. That says, daily, I have the mind of Christ. I renew my mind daily in the things of God, in the Word of God. That yes, we have doubt. Yes, we have fear. But what they did was they buried their fear and they exposed their gift. They buried their fear and they exposed their gift. I've seen too many individuals take their gift and bury it and expose their fear. I've seen individuals, whether you're gifted in an area, you're an amazing in an area, but you bury it because you're afraid. You bury it because you're afraid of failing. I believe that God has given someone a business layout, a business proposition, and because of fear, you're burying that proposition. You're burying that God idea because of fear. I believe there's individuals here that you're living paycheck to paycheck because this is a parable of money. You're living paycheck to paycheck and you're burying that tithe and you're burying God's money because of fear. Will I make that next bill? Will I make that next payment? And God is saying when you bury the fear, you take your gift. That's called trust. That's called faith we got to trust in what God has for our lives. That we're afraid that God won't provide, so we bury it. We're afraid people will let us down. And I'm here to tell you, people will let you down. But you cannot bury trust and never trust someone again. So when you bury your fear, you expose your gift. But he was afraid, and he played it safe. But the master was not pleased because his one servant never took a risk. That the, the servant with the five talents, the two talents, gave him 100% return, and he was able to enter into the joy of his master. Enter into the joy of his master. So I want you to think about what gift you have. That I know many have gone through growth track. We have 140 three people that graduated from Growth Track. <laughs> That's real dirt in there, people. From Growth Track. But I believe fear is stopping you from taking that next step. I believe fear is stopping you from going to Growth Track today after this experience. I believe fear is stopping you from getting water baptized next Sunday. I believe fear is stopping you from showing someone life at the supermarket and saying, there's a great church called Avenue. I believe fear is stopping you from going into your workplace, buying a Avenue church shirt and saying, what's Avenue? I'm here to tell you guys, I love Jesus, but fear has stopped me from exposing who I am. I believe fear has stopped the church for too long. But I'm here to tell you, Avenue Church, we want to take risks. At Avenue Church, we're going to do whatever it takes to reach our city. We're going to partner with churches. We're going to partner with people. 
But I'm here to tell you, out of that 143 individuals, you can you imagine the impact we would make on a single Sunday? Can you imagine the impact we would make in groups throughout the week? But think about the gift that God has given you. Think about family. That God has gifted you with a family. Those that are close to you, that live with capacity inside of you every single day. A job where you can make a difference by those you're in contact with. A friend. Now I'm here to tell you that you can be the only access to Jesus to that friend or a church. I encourage you to find your purpose, to join the A-team, to lead a group, simply get involved, even give over and beyond. For God loves a cheerful giver. But ask God to move in your life. Let's not bury our gift. Let's not bury our abilities. Let's bury our fear. Let's bury our fear. And let's make a difference in this city. And here's the last portion of this message today. And this portion really hit me hard in my study time and preparation. That the guy had five and quickly he went and multiplied it. The guy had two. Quickly he went and multiplied it. But the one man said, I know you to be a hard man. So I was afraid it hit my gift. As we begin to rethink this parable and read through it and just think about it. That although this man with one talent felt undervalued, unappreciated, because he really didn't know his master. There's some of us in this room, every single day we walk through this life thinking that God is a hard man, thinking that God is a mean God, that everything bad happens because God is mad at you. That there's sin in your life that God won't forgive because he's a hard God. He's a mean God. The man with the five talents and the two talents said, I'm going to please my master. I'm going to give 100% return because I believe they knew that they could enter into the joy of their master. That the God we serve is not mad at you, but he's mad about you. He created you. You're his workmanship. You're his masterpiece. I'm taking my time on this because so many times we go through life thinking that my sin is too great. I'm so undervalued. I underestimate me. But I have seen people rise from the ashes. I've seen people go from death into life and make a powerful impact in the kingdom of God. Why? Because they begin to change their mind about the master. They begin to realize that he's a God of grace and a God of mercy. They begin to realize that gift is a free gift and grace comes with it. That there's a grace over your life. That God said, whatever has happened in your life, I'm going to turn that into a testimony. I'm going to turn that and punch the devil in the throat because whatever you did, whatever sin, whatever story, we're going to use it to change lives. We're going to impact this city in Jesus' name. Now, our God is a loving God, but we do have to take an account. We do have to stand before the Father 
and say, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord of my life. It's not about the actions that we do. But I'm grateful that we're saved by grace, by faith, but it's not of works so we can boast. We bow our heads, close your eyes today. And I want you to think about a gift in your life or good at. I want you to think about what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? And how can I use it to impact the kingdom? I want to encourage you to join Growth Track today. Change your plans around. But how can I use my gift to impact the kingdom? Just take a second. If you're here today, and I was talking about that last talent, if you're like that last servant with the one talent, said, I knew you a hard man, so I was afraid, and I hid my gift. If you're here today, and you've had the wrong perception of who God is, an unhealthy version of a loving Savior, with every head bowed, every eye closed, just for privacy, then will you begin to enter into a relationship with Him? Many times you think you know someone until you begin to do life together. And you, you take a step back and you go, you know what? They're not that bad. They're okay in my book. But there's a God in heaven who loves you, who's got plans for you, who has gifted you, and he wants to bless you. And if you're here today, you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want you to raise a hand and say, I want to accept him today. I want him to be Lord of my life. I want to change the way I think about God. That is you, just raise a hand. Just raise a hand. Just raise a hand. Just raise a hand. Will you give God a praise this morning? Come on, will you stand to your feet? The Bible says when a person's lost and he becomes found, heaven celebrates. So we're going to go into this last song today. And I want you to think about celebrating your gift. I want you to think about even what's to come. That you say, you know what, I've just been coming and leaving and just enjoying Avenue, being a part of it. That's okay. But if you say, I want to take that next step. I want to take that next step, and I want to join the A-team, join Growth Track, find a way to serve. I want us to celebrate what God is doing today. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for this amazing church. Now, Father, I pray today that we were encouraged but also challenged. God, I pray today that we begin to to bury our fear to allow God to expose our gift. That, Father, I begin to rebuke fear in our lives. That the Bible says there's a spirit of fear, but we are to have power, love, and a sound mind. So, Father, I pray over Avenue Church that as we begin to embark and grow track today, 
as we begin to embark joining a group this week. God, Father, I pray we begin to lay fear aside to say you don't have power over me. But I'm going to work my gift. I'm going to make an impact for the kingdom of heaven. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody shout it. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. 